0: Hello, I'm Willie George. I want to welcome you to this edition of the Faith Roots Podcast. And so many of you watch this periodically, but I hope you'll subscribe to our YouTube channel and make sure you get all of these. And if you're joining us midstream in one of the series, I would encourage you to go back to the very beginning and take advantage of the teachings that we launched uh, early in April. And uh, they will—they will always be there uh, in our uh, website. Go to myfaithroots.com, and and when when you do subscribe to the YouTube channel, be sure to like us when you do that, and that'll help us to get uh, our, our program out to more people. It'll be put before more people, and then already, if you haven't done it, go to myfaithroots.com and subscribe to the email that comes daily. Okay, enough about that. Let's go to our text, First Thessalonians chapter five, verse twenty-three. Now, may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. This whole series is designed how to teach you to operate correctly your spirit, your soul, and your body. There are three different systems, and you don't confuse them. Your spirit and soul are not the same. Now, we haven't gotten into that yet in depth, we will. Christ came to give us a new nature in spirit. Listen to 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. Having been born again, what part of you was born again? Your spirit was born again. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible. You know, years ago I was planting a food plot for deer, and I I bought this seed. And we planted it, and I was amazed at how much Johnson grass seed was in the stuff that I planted. It was just incredible. We had Johnson grass everywhere. But the problem was if I sprayed the Johnson grass to kill it out, it killed the other stuff that I planted. And so we did not have incorruptible seed. We we had the wrong kind of seed. But anyway, the Bible says we've been born again not of corruptible seed but incorruptible. Through the Word of God, which lives and abides forever, God re—he uh, gave us new birth, and He did it with the seed of His Word. Now remember this, the fruit is determined by the seed. If you want an apple tree, you can't plant an orange seed or a peach seed. you got to plant an apple seed. The fruit's determined by the seed. And God says that He uses incorruptible seed to recreate you and me. So the new creation, when we are born again, we now have the Spirit of Christ. Listen more to what Peter said. This must have been an important theme with Peter because he talks about it in 1 Peter, and then he jumps into it again at the beginning of 2 Peter. He said this, For His divine power has given us every requisite for life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who has called us by His own glory and perfection. Did you hear that? God called us out of His own perfection. In other words, God said to Abraham, be perfect as I am perfect. But now, here in the New Testament, He's giving us the power to really get on the road toward that perfection, perfection in the heart. That's so very, very important. Now let's keep going. For it was through this that He gave us what we prize as the greatest of His promises, that through them, these promises, you might participate in the divine nature. Peter here talks about this thing he calls the greatest of God's promises. What is it? It can't be forgiveness of sins. That's important, but that was available to the Old Testament believer. He's talking about something that is new, that is just now appearing on the scene. That was being born again by the incorruptible seed, the Word of God. He calls it the greatest of the promises. Forgiveness of sins, absolutely essential. We do not make light of it. Very important. But it's only a stop on the tour. Now, the greatest of God's promises is the receiving of His nature inwardly. If you always think of yourself merely as a forgiven sinner, you will never realize the power of the life of God that He put in you. He wants you to realize that. Listen, think about it like this. Adam calls people to be born again. The Bible says in the book of Romans that for one, by one man's sin, many were made sinners. Adam's disobedience turned all kinds of people into sinners. Adam was born again. He was born again the wrong way. He passed from life to death. And so he caused this to happen to the whole human race. If we are forgiven of our sins, but the heart change doesn't take place, I want you to think about this then the work of Adam in the Garden of Eden at the tree is greater than the work of Christ on Golgotha on the tree. I don't believe that. I think that what Christ did was not only able to undo what Adam did, it did something even more. It's even greater. Oh, listen, If, if, if you are merely a forgiven sinner, that's all you are. How would you be able to go to heaven? Because the Old Testament saints were forgiven sinners, but the Old Testament saints could not. They could not enter into the presence of God in heaven. Here we have Stephen who is uh, about to die in the book of Acts chapter 7, and the Bible says they stoned Stephen as he was calling on God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Now, remember the parables that Jesus taught? He talked about this guy named Lazarus who died, and he went to Abraham's bosom, which was in the heart of the earth. And and so that was the common way of thinking, and that was really what happened. Those Old Testament believers, and up until the time of the cross and the resurrection, they could not go to be with the Lord in heaven. But Stephen fully expected To go straight to heaven. That's why he said to the Lord, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. There had been an amazing change, and he was fully aware of it because he had a spiritual change. All right, now listen to what 1 John 3 9 says in the Montfort translation. Whoever is a child of God cannot go on sinning. Because the very nature of God, 20th century New Testament says, the very nature of God dwells within him. Weymouth says this, a divine germ remains in him. Boy, I love that. We have a divine germ in us when we receive Christ. Montfort goes on to finish the verse, and he says he cannot go on sinning because he is a child of God. You you don't practice sin. You, You don't want to go back to that. You've been born again. There are a lot of people who profess Christ who do not see that change. They never really change. But the Bible says when that seed gets into you, you will have a difficult time wanting to live in sin. Our battle then is not a duel between two natures of the heart. We have a struggle, okay, but it is b- between your born-again human spirit and what the Bible calls the stronghold of sin, your body. Now, Romans chapter 8, verses 8 and 9, and I'm reading 26 translations on this one. So those controlled by the flesh cannot please God. Why is that? Because your flesh does not have the new creation nature. Now, you know what's going to happen? One of these days, you're going to get it. You know, uh, my family, my mother, my grandfather, uh, we were known for having a hot temper. It's something that people who know me would know that that I had a problem with that. And And people who know me know that I have really made amazing gains in putting that down. That does not dominate me the way it once did. Uh, but it is because I have allowed my new man, my new spirit to deal with that because I know where that temper issue rises from. It doesn't rise from my heart. It comes out of my flesh. It is something in my flesh. Listen to me. I didn't get my spirit from my mother. I didn't get my spirit from my dad. I got my flesh from my mom and dad. So things that were in the flesh of my parents, I picked up some of those things. I didn't pick up everything, but I picked up some of the things. That's why you see sinful characteristics. Those are called iniquities. They will get into a family and stay in a family for three to four generations. I knew a family of liars. And I heard about this one guy that lied, and I I asked some questions. I said, can you tell me... What about his father? And I heard people say, it not only was with his father, grandfather. This is a family. They have been known for telling lies. And they would tell lies that that they weren't telling lies to get out of trouble. They just tell lies to be telling lies. And it was an iniquity that was in their flesh and they did not know how to control it because they were not born again. Now, you, however, are not controlled by the flesh, but by the Spirit, since the Spirit of God lives in you. Unless a man has the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. So, the minute you're born again, you have the Spirit of Christ. The Spirit of Christ comes into your spirit, I can tell you the Spirit of Christ in your spirit is not sharing with a sin nature. He has driven out that sin nature. He refuses to do that. All of the things that Jesus did, all of those things that he did, he did as pictures and shadows of what God wanted us to have. Do you remember at the beginning of Jesus' ministry and at the end of Jesus' ministry? He did it on two occasions. He went into the temple, he made whips out of leather, and he ran off the crooked and corrupt money changers who were taking advantage of people by charging exorbitant prices for sacrifices. And they were merchandising the precious things of God. Would have been nothing wrong for them to sell a sacrificial animal had they done it at a fair price and and provide a service for Jewish people who were coming from all over the world who couldn't bring their sacrificial animals with them. Jesus drove out those money changers. But the temple is a picture of us. The Bible says in the book of uh, Corinthians, "'Know you not that you are the temple of God and the Spirit of God dwells in you? You and I are the temple of God?' What Christ did is He drove out the dual nature. The, the God's presence was in the temple, in the Holy of Holies, but there was some stuff outside that was corrupt. God doesn't like this dual nature business. He knows that the way to fix the issue is to give it a singular nature, and that's what happens when we're born again. So if a born-again believer is in fellowship with God and he doesn't control his fleshly desires, he can't control his fleshly desires, then the work of Christ has failed. But if a born-again believer is in fellowship with God, he can control his fleshly desires. Christ dealt with that. He dealt with those issues. Here's the mission then, and this is something I want you to remember. This is God's program for you. You don't need to do anything different to your spirit to change its nature. God did that. You couldn't do it anyway. If you could have done it, they could have done it by works in the Old Testament. And there were some very pious people, but they didn't change their spirits. The changing of your spirit is a gift from God. The Bible says, for by grace are you saved. Saved is receiving the life of God in your spirit. For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves. All I can do with my spirit is feed it. I feed my spirit. I have to reprogram my thinking. It's called in Romans 12 the renewing of the mind. I have to change my thoughts. I have to, and it's, this is a lifelong process. And finally, I have to control or supervise my flesh, meaning I cannot allow my flesh to do everything that it wants to do. Now, some desires of the flesh are fine. But lust is an out-of-control, unregulated desire. And so when your flesh begins to push toward lust, you've got to learn to stop it. And you know what? You can. You can do it. And there's a way to do it, and I'm going to get into that in this series. You're going to be blown away at how much more confident you're going to be in dealing with your outer man struggles. Well, that's all the time we have for today. But I will pick up here tomorrow. And if you would, tell somebody about this. I hope you'll share it and spread the news around. Let's get some more people listening to the Faith Rich Podcast. Thank you. I'll see you tomorrow. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. Take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.